European Heart Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 37, Issue 1, Guidelines on Pulmonary Hypertension, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Flusher. Pulmonary Hypertension, Gender Issues, and Quality of Care. With increasing options of modern medicine, proper use of diagnostics and therapeutics has become an important issue. Indeed, to address these issues, the European Society of Cardiology has started a special journal on this subject this year, i.e. the EHJ Quality of Care and Clinical Outcomes, under the leadership of Adam Timmis and his editorial team. Many colleagues have tried to define measures of quality in cardiology based on objective measures or patient-reported outcomes. In this issue, the Spanish Society of Cardiology and of Thoracic and Cardiovascular Surgery under the leadership of José Luis López Sendón and colleagues from the Hospital Universitario La Paz in Madrid, Spain, outline their perspective on quality markers in cardiology, measures of outcomes and clinical practice. The authors herein try to define markers to measure quality of results, outcome metrics, as well as quality measures related with better results in clinical practice, performance metrics. Gender importantly influences the onset, symptoms, and natural course of many cardiovascular diseases, as well as the use and outcomes of diagnostic and therapeutic measures. The UGENMED is a project sponsored by the European Union with the aim to develop a roadmap for a better implementation of gender issues in European biomedical and health research. In a current opinion, gender in cardiovascular diseases impact on clinical manifestations, management and outcomes. Vera Regitz-Sagrasek from the Charité University Medicine in Berlin, Germany, and members of the UGENMED writing group summarize gender-specific data that are relevant for cardiovascular patient management and that in large parts are incompletely covered in present guidelines. In particular, ischemic heart disease in the presence of non-obstructed epicardial coronary arteries is more common in women than in men. Diagnostic algorithms for coronary disease that perform well in men are less suitable for low- and middle-aged women with low to intermediate risk. Takotsubo syndrome and spontaneous coronary artery dissection predominantly endanger women and may be related to hormonal changes. Remodeling in myocardial hypertrophy and heart failure differs in women and men, with more concentric hypertrophy and less fibrosis in women. Sex differences in pharmacodynamics may be based, among other factors, on sex-specific ion-channel expression and regulation. Women have unique biological life events, menopause, pregnancy, breastfeeding, which may alter their risk for developing CVD and response to therapies. Women are more prone to pulmonary hypertension than men. The diagnosis of pulmonary hypertension is often challenging and may not be obvious until right heart failure, which is associated with unfavorable outcomes. However, the role of exercise training on the right heart and pulmonary circulation has not yet been invasively assessed in such patients. In the first clinical research paper, exercise training improves peak oxygen consumption and hemodynamics in patients with severe pulmonary arterial hypertension and inoperable chronic thromboembolic pulmonary hypertension, a prospective randomized controlled trial. Nicola Elkin from the Thorax Clinic 
at the University Hospital Heidelberg in Germany, investigated in a prospective randomized control study the effects of exercise training on peak VO2 per kilogram hemodynamics and further clinically relevant parameters in 87 patients with pulmonary hypertension over 15 weeks. The authors discovered that exercise training significantly improved peak VO2 per kilogram by 24% as compared to the control group. Furthermore, exercise training improved cardiac index at rest and during exercise, mean pulmonary arterial pressure, pulmonary vascular resistance, 6-minute walking distance, quality of life, and exercise capacity. The encouraging results of this initial study asked for large multicenter trials to confirm or refute exercise training as a therapeutic measure in these patients. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Nazzarino Gallier from the University of Bologna in Italy. Left heart failure is another, more common cause of pulmonary hypertension. In this patient population, effective drugs are the cornerstone of the management of such patients, while the indication for the use of biventricular pacemakers is less clear. ECHO-CRT was a randomized trial assessing the value of cardiac resynchronization therapy in several symptomatic heart failure patients with narrow QRS width, less than 130 milliseconds, ejection fraction, EF, of less than 35%, and echocardiographic dyssynchrony. In the second fast-track clinical research paper entitled Association of Persistent or Worsened Echocardiographic Dyssynchrony with Unfavorable Clinical Outcomes in Heart Failure Patients with Narrow QRS Width, a subgroup analysis of the ECHO-CRT trial, John Gorkson and colleagues from the University of Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania, USA, aimed to investigate whether persistent or worsening dyssynchrony is associated with unfavorable clinical outcomes. To that end, they studied 614 ECHO-CRT patients. Persistent dyssynchrony was associated with a significant higher primary endpoint of death or heart failure hospitalization with a hazard ratio of 1.54, and in particular of HF hospitalization with a hazard ratio of 1.66. HF hospitalizations were also associated with worsening longitudinal dyssynchrony and worsening radial dyssynchrony. Associations of persistent or worsening dyssynchrony with outcomes were similar in the groups with the resynchronization therapy, off or on. They conclude that persistent or worsening echocardiographic dyssynchrony in heart failure patients with narrow QRS width was a marker for unfavorable clinical outcomes unaffected by CRT. In particular, Echocardiographic dyssynchrony on follow-up was strongly associated with heart failure hospitalizations and appears to be a prognostic marker of disease severity. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Scott Solomon from Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, USA. The internet is increasingly used to support health and health-related activity, including healthcare services health surveillance, as well as education and research of physicians and patients. This issue is complemented by an ESC position paper entitled eHealth, a position statement of the European Society of Cardiology. Therein, the European Society of Cardiology outlines its vision and role in all aspects of eHealth, helping to develop, assess and implement effective ICT innovation in the support of cardiovascular health and health-related activities, across Europe. 
Finally, this issue contains the new 2015 ESC slash ERS guidelines for the diagnosis and treatment of pulmonary hypertension. The composition of the guidelines task force reflects the multidisciplinary nature of pulmonary hypertension, including members of different medical societies, associations and working groups. The current document follows the two previous ESC and ERS guidelines published in 2004 and 2009, focusing on clinical management of the disease. A systematic literature review was performed from Medline to identify new studies published since 2009 concerning the topic of pH. Task force members selected studies based on relevance and appropriateness. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its readers.